Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. It's Wednesday. You are out there in the land of Podcastville, which is a place I've just made up, and that means you are listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, the only podcast, only wrestling podcast on the planet. And isn't it good that we got there first before anybody else? Because if we hadn't, who knows what would have happened? I want to thank everyone for the support over the last seven days. I'm going to get into this quickly. I want to get housekeeping out of the way early because sometimes we go on about this way too long. But I do actually have information this time that I think people want to hear. And it's simple as this. You all know that if you want to support the podcast, you can through patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. But what some people don't know, or some people seem surprised about, is that if you do pledge $5 or more, you get exclusive episodes of Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. Minimum of one a month, more if I can do it. And yeah, last week, uh, the death of WCW and the WWE buying the WCW, that's up there right now. All you got to do is log into the Patreon if you are a $5 plus patron. And it's right there in one of the posts. You have a little link that's just exclusive to you. And you can hear what is quite a long rant, complete with trivia and facts about WWE buying WCW, why WCW died, my own thoughts on it. And all that jazz. And of course, you know, if you are a $5 plus patron and there's something you would like me to sort of go in depth about in a, in a more, you know, this is more of a topical, you know, the Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast is more of a topical thing. If there are some classic wrestling events or storylines or, you know, things that stand out in your memory that you'd like me to go into, you can just let me know. But yes, so if you do want to hear that, that's up there that there now if you're on itunes please do go give us five stars give us a review give us a rating it pushes us up the charts we're getting more and more listeners each week which excites me greatly because i would like to turn this into some kind of juggernaut and then we can just steamroll and the best way for more people to see it certainly through itunes like i say the more interaction it gets and the more five stars and reviews it, it zooms up the charts if you could do that that would be great come say hello on twitter at simon 316 Please do search Facebook for the, the group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, or just Simon Miller's Wrestling Podcast. Type it in, it will come up. We're going to finish the podcast today with a bit of Q&A. And if you want to ask a question, you have to do it through the Facebook group. So you can do it through the Facebook group. Just look out for my post when it goes up and drop a comment. I haven't read them. I'm just going to pick, few, pick a few, and we'll go through them from there. And the, uh, the final weird one, and somebody asked me this, and I said, okay, well, I'll address it. I can't imagine anybody does want to do this, but if you do, all the money goes back into the podcast. Someone said, I don't want to be a patron, but I would just like to support you on a one-term basis. Now, you can do that through Patreon. You can put in whatever you want, and then after a month, it will you know, just cancel it once it's processed. But he, he wanted to send me a PayPal thing, which is very kind of him. So thank you to that man. And you can do that if you really want to. I think my PayPal address, would it better be, is just rhinothing at gmail.com. But don't worry about that if you don't want to do it. I just thought it was very kind. Somebody reached out, so I thought I'd mention it. And that's it. That's all of our stuff, I think, I believe. I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about in terms of Pimpsville. What a week it was in pro wrestling. We had the go-home shows for Payback. And I, I, 
I mean, technically, SmackDown was the go-home show too because it's Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt at the pay-per-view. I mean, we're going to run down all the matches and talk about it and tie that into what happened in Raw and SmackDown this week. And I just thought it was poor, to be honest. I mean, there were certainly good elements of each that you could enjoy. Like, I actually enjoyed the dumpster match in the end. It probably was stupid that Braun Strowman lost because absolutely no reason for Braun Strowman to lose. However, I did think the way WWE handled it, it wasn't too bad. But I'm not excited. I'm not excited about payback in the slightest. And that's bad, considering it's the first pay-per-view after WrestleMania. You don't want to lose that momentum. And you could have argued... The thing is, a lot of people said that the go-home show for Mania wasn't good. And that's probably true. However, it's WrestleMania. So you know you're going to get away with a lot straight away, simply because it's WrestleMania. It comes around once a year. There's always a big... Uh, you know, there's loads of hype around it, even before WWE start their own hype. So they can get away with having a, a poor Raw and SmackDown beforehand. But you cannot do that when you're talking about your, we'll call it a B-show, which is probably a bit harsh, but you know what I'm saying, for payback. And right now, I mean, I will watch it, because I, 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 and I imagine a lot of you are the type of fan that it doesn't really matter what output WWE has. You just want to interact with it and see how you feel about it. That's the kind of fan I am now anyway. Like, I certainly will watch most things. Not everything. I don't watch NXT much anymore just because I feel like it's... I don't know. I'm just done with it for the time being. But Raw and SmackDown, I'll always try and catch. And they just need to do better. They just need to make me care a bit more. So that I'm not... I care about Reigns versus Strowman. But only because I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do. Because as far as I'm concerned, you cannot have Roman Reigns win this match. Otherwise... Braun Strowman, who's supposed to be the monster of men, they tell me that all the time. He's a beast. Oh my gosh, can't believe this guy. He basically killed them. It just, it just, it, un, it negates Braun Strowman's gimmick completely, because you know he threw Roman Reigns, you know, off an ambulance and all that nonsense. And not only is Roman Reigns able to get back for the pay per view, meaning the beating didn't put him out. If he then wins, basically an injured man beat Braun Strowman, and then you start to get. You know, that precipice starts to tip in the wrong direction. Like Bray Wyatt. You know, Bray Wyatt talks a good game, but he can't back it up. So now everyone's like, I don't care. Obviously, Braun Strowman is a phys he's physically dominating. Like I say, what he did to Roman Reigns was incredible. But if then the injured man comes back and beat him, it's like, oh, well, I guess it didn't matter that you did that because it made absolutely no difference in the long run. However, I am intrigued. I mean, the, the rumor is, is that we're getting... Uh, Strowman versus Lesnar at SummerSlam, maybe, if not before. But either way, that is when the Universal title actually does come back to Raw, because at the moment it doesn't even exist. That is stupid. I get it. Braun, uh, uh, Brock Lesnar's not going to be on a lot of your shows. But come on, you can talk about it. Mention it every week. What's Brock Lesnar doing? Who's Brock Lesnar going to come back and take on? Oh my gosh, the Universal title. So important. Instead, you just don't want to talk about it. And that is stupid. Like, no one... I don't like this, if we don't mention it, the audience will forget about it. No, they don't. We all know at the moment there's no world championship on Raw. And that's fine. It doesn't have to be on the show every week. Brock Lesnar doesn't have to be on the show every week. I really don't mind that. But it should be the job of other wrestlers, the commentary team, social media, whatever, to keep that title relevant and keep that title alive. That should be their job. If that's the situation you got with Brock and that's the environment you find yourself in, you don't just, <laughs> it's like a kid. When you when you were a kid and it went past 10 p.m. and you're like, oh man, I'm supposed to be in bed. 
and you just assume that your parents have forgotten about you. So your reaction to that is, well, if I stay really quiet and I don't move, they may go to bed and forget about me. That never happens. Your parents know that you're in the other room watching TV and you've probably just been good and they thought, oh, we'll let, we'll let, we'll let them stay up for a little bit longer. That is what this is. WWE are the little kid thinking, if we don't say anything, everybody's going to forget about it. But it's not true. We're wrestling fans. We don't forget about anything. We get annoyed when there's not continuity in a storyline for something you did six months ago. So you can't just pretend. Anyway, that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, different, a different argument for a different day. But I do hope they start addressing it. And yeah, if we are going to Braun Strowman versus uh, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns has got to lose. He's got to lose. I don't, is there a stipulation for that match? I don't believe there is a stipulation for that match, is there? It's just a straight-up singles match. I think so. That'll be interesting. I mean, Roman Reigns has got a spin-off in, uh, into a different program after this if you are doing Strowman Lesnar. So maybe that's how you get out of it. Maybe he goes into a program with, I mean, not this person, but say Jeff Hardy. It's not going to be Jeff Hardy. But Jeff Hardy can interfere and then... I don't even think it's that bad if you want to beat Roman Reigns clean, to be honest. You know, you, you, you can get out of it in a way by saying he had the crap kicked out of him by Braun, but he still had the balls to come back. But I don't think that will happen. I think Braun Strowman will win. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I do think he'll win, but I don't think he'll win clean. I'm just now trying to think. I mean, there's loads of ways you can do it, right? You can get a weapon when the ref's not looking. He can cheat to win like someone can interfere. There's loads of things you can do, but at least it's the main event of the show, and at least I do care about that. Again, mostly out of intrigue. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm not really rooting for anybody. I'm rooting for the booking, and I guess that's the problem with modern-day WWE. It'd be much better if I was all in on Roman and or, or, or Strowman. Roman and Strowman. It's pretty bad, right? WWE got to come up with better names. But, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. If Roman Reigns wins, that will be... That will be difficult. I'm also intrigued to see what they actually intend to do with Roman Reigns now. Because, you know, we had these two vignettes on Raw. And they weren't very good vignettes. So the people that make the videos for WWE are very talented. But I, don't, I can't believe that they let this man retire The Undertaker and they're still pushing him as a face. Well, I can believe it. Because they've been doing that for ages. But it just surprises me that they, they would sacrifice such a monumental occasion really for nothing. At the moment, it doesn't seem like it's being used. I know it was in the promo package, but I thought that would be the focus on Roman Reigns for months. It would just be Undertaker, 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 Undertaker. And instead, that's what I don't get because the um, the rumor is that it was going to be John Cena versus The Undertaker and then that changed plans because Vince said, no, 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 we have to let if you... Get, if this is it for you, we have to let Roman win because he's the future. But this didn't do anything. Unless you're actually going to keep reminding me that Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker and retired The Undertaker, which makes him a heel because everybody loves The Undertaker, then Roman Reigns didn't get anything out of this if you're just going to forget about it. Because wrestling fans will forget. Most people in the modern day have shorter attention spans, hence why things like YouTube, I mean, and I've got the algorithms and stuff for 10 minutes, but you know, people go for quick hit content because the average viewer will be checked out in two minutes. So if you're not going to remind us and you're not going to use it, that didn't help Roman Reigns at all. So you could have had John Cena and The Undertaker had John Cena win. Who cares? What difference does it make? So I'm a bit shocked and sad about that. I shouldn't be really. When we're talking about Roman Reigns, it never makes sense. I just thought they'd do more. I thought they'd do more. Okay, that was the main event. We'll start at what I believe is the start of the show and work our way through. Finn Balor is going to be on The Miz TV on the pre-show. I have two problems with this. One, 
if you want my, watch my uh, ups and downs on what culture wrestling, which you can do right now, search for on YouTube. And you can find my YouTube channel. It's got a schedule now. Do that quick segue. www.youtube.com forward slash C forward slash the Miller Report rules. You can see my lovely new banner that I made. It's got weightlifting plates in it because lols. And I mean, not this week. This week, I'm just going to chuck everything up to get things going again. But as long as life is nice to me, Mondays will be our troll list. And that is as the Miller Report. And if you don't, that's my alter ego. But we'll get into that another time. Wednesdays will be the good, the bad, the ugly, where I'm literally going to go through a series of things and give it a good or bad. The ugly is going to be my big rant. We're going to do WrestleMania to start with. Not 33 because it's too fresh, but we'll go 32 backwards. And then Friday is just going to be my weekly wrestling news roundup, which will tie into this a little bit, but it'll be very quick, very fast-paced, and very stupid. And there'll be other stuff as well, but that's my schedule. Anyway. Yeah, if you did watch my What Culture Wrestling Ups and Downs Raw review, I'm sick of talk shows. I'm so sick of talk shows. I'm sick of the Miz TV. I'm sick of the highlight reel. I mean, the Ambrose Asylum doesn't really count, but they're all the same. And they don't add anything. Like Back in the day, they were, you know, they like had the Brother Love or you had Piper's Pit. You know, they had proper sets made up and they were held away from the ring. So they did feel different because, I mean, I assume, or at least for me as a kid, the reason they worked so well was, A, they weren't being, well, I remember Roddy Piper was, but, you know, Brother Love wasn't a wrestler. So it made sense that he had some talk show. But more importantly, from a pacing and visual standpoint, they were in big sets backstage or away from the ring. So it felt different. That, that's, what, that's what I always took away from them. It makes the show easier to watch because it's not just dudes in the ring again. However, now, all they do is change the carpet. And they actually actively made that point on Raw, where The Miz came out and changed his set, then Ambrose changed it to his set, and it was just a bunch of dude changing carpets and chairs. That's just an opening segment to Raw promo, but you've got a talk. I don't get it. I don't get it. I just, I just don't think I need it. And why is Finn Balor, who had a tease program with Bray Wyatt, now doing Miz TV? I don't get it. Like, it's going to end with Balor beating him up, you'd assume. So is that a feud now? Ever since he got concussed by Jinder Mahal, it, or ever since he came back, really, it doesn't feel like WWE know what they want to do with Finn Balor. Is he a main eventer? You know, is he being built up to go back after the Universal Championship? Is he a mid-carder? I don't know. I don't know. And if I don't know, that's not great because... I can't invest in him if I don't know in which direction he's going to go in. And at the moment, he, he feels lost. I don't, he feels utterly just, feels like a guy. Like even on Raw, you know, he had the Gallows and Anderson and who the hell, and Samoa Joe versus Seth Rollins and Enzo and Cass. They come out, Enzo gets beaten up, taken out the match, and the surprise opponent is Finn Balor. Now, there's a chance this is all happening because his concussion that he got from Jinder Mahal a couple of weeks ago is actually worse than WWE are letting on, but they don't want to take him off TV. So he's doing quick, easy matches. You know, you can hide your way in the tag match. And now on the pay-per-view, they want him on there. And they're putting him in a, in a talk show segment. But ultimately, not booking him with direction or in a feud. And, you know, this whole Bray Wyatt stuff that came and went doesn't help him at all. It makes him feel lost and it makes him feel confused. And it, I, I'm just not, I won't watch that. I'll read about it. But I'm not tuning in the pre-show to watch Finn Balor on Miss TV. If I hear about it and it sounds amazing, then sure, I'll check it out. But from a purely... Do you want to see this angle? You know, the sales point. No, I don't. It just, oh, it just feels like such filler. And especially Miz as well, who right now is arguably having the, you know, the best run of his career. I know he won the world championship, but I think he's, he's more consistent now. It just feels like a waste of both of them. And it's a waste of Dean Ambrose. 
Because you would assume the match would have been Dean Ambrose versus The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Nope. So that just undermines the IC belt once again. Which at the moment, just they kind of took it seriously last week. And now once again, it's just a prop. No one cares about it. No one talks about it as a prize. Nobody wants to win it. Dean Ambrose doesn't seem proud to have it. It's dumb, man. It makes me, it makes me cry inside. When I was a kid, Maybe this will be the next exclusive Patreon one. Maybe I'll just talk about the IC title and all of my great memories with it. Like, you know, I remember when Tito Santana had it. I remember all the stuff with The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. When Shawn Michaels was IC champ, Bret Hart, perfect. It meant so much to me. Like, it was the championship in many ways I look forward to seeing. Now that's not the case. And it's not like they could... I understand more or less all the titles don't feel as important as they used to. But that can be changed in a matter of weeks if you sit down and come up with a plan. We're still human beings. I know the wrestling world has changed, but we're still willing to buy in. We're still willing to suspend our disbelief. There is no reason not to do this. Anyway, it's a shame. And we also have a pre-show match of, I cannot believe it, Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. How many times have we seen this match? How many times? And it means nothing. There's, there's nothing in it aside from personal pride. But either way, it's not going to be referenced that much on Raw. It's not going to shape things going forward. So it's just a match for the sake of having a match. And as soon as you start doing that, you water down everybody involved and you water down your tag team division. The tag team, the Raw tag team division at one point, I mean, the, the Revival getting injured was, was really bad timing because they, you know, they, they had a great opportunity to do something. But still, you've got these other teams. You've got a club that everybody loves. You've got Finn Balor doing nothing. Now you put them back together. But I just don't care. If Enzo, Enzo and Big Cass win, fine. If Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson win, fine. It doesn't make any difference. It makes absolutely no difference. And to have that kind of match on a pay-per-view just to stick it on the pre-show because you feel like you need to have content to try and sell network subscriptions, man, it makes me sad. I tell you what else makes me sad. Kevin Owens versus Chris Jericho. If Jericho wins the title, he'll be transferred to SmackDown which we know he's not winning because he's going on tour with Fozzie. But I mean, I don't mind that so much because there will be some people out there that do not know that. Like we go out of our way to read stuff. I mean, the fact you're listening to this, I would assume means you do that kind of stuff. Maybe you don't, good for you. But that, that's on us. You can't get too mad about that. However, you know, given that Chris Jericho right now is just lost on, on Raw, really kind of flailing around with uh, Samoa Joe or Dean Ambrose, you know, a little scuffle with Bray Wyatt on Raw, Whereas Kevin Owens is now the face of America and he, he's a big deal on SmackDown and he's having matches with AJ Styles and getting involved with Baron Corbin. There's just no way you let Chris Jericho win this match and win the title. It would be madness. It would be stupid. And unfortunately, because of this segue, uh, segue this uh, separation they've had with Kevin Owens being moved to Raw and Chris Jericho kind of having to tread water on Raw. So Kevin has been moved to SmackDown. It really has hampered this feud, which obviously was one of the best leading into WrestleMania and one of the best of last and this year. So that's a real shame that it's ran out of steam because I thought it actually would have been better if after that attack on Raw a few weeks ago by Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho had gone away then. And then when he came back, you could have reignited the feud because I didn't think it was over. But now just the lack of interaction and the lack of sort of directness with it, it's just taken the wind out of its sails, which is a shame because it was so good. But that's fine. I mean, you want to draw a line under it, do it. Get into Kevin Owens and AJ Styles as quickly as possible. Hopefully, that's an interesting one, that, because I love AJ Styles, but I think Kevin Owens needs this title for, the while, for a while. If you're doing this Face of America gimmick, which is weird, because essentially now you've got Jinder Mahal saying, you don't like me because I'm not American, and you've got Kevin Owens saying, you don't like me because I'm not American, therefore, you know, I'm going to push the American angle. It seems, And then Rusev's back. 
So you know, that is his whole gimmick. So that's strange. But, you know, we'll see. They'll probably have a good match. And that's the main thing. And I really do think Jericho going away now is for the best. Not that he's tired or past his prime. It's just time. It's just time. He had a great run. I massively respect everything he did. I do think this was his best run that he's had so far in terms of his character. Not so enamored with the face version. Just not as uh, not as funny or as exciting to me. And even the list of Jericho now has kind of peaked. But that's fine. Everything does. Everything does. You, you can't put that on anybody. Um, but, yeah, I think him going away now and coming back refreshed will actually do him wonders. Which leads us into the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff versus Sheamus and Cesaro for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Now, I thought we were going to have a long run as with the Hardys as tag champs. And we still could do. But given that Matt beat Sheamus on Raw, and the week before that, Jeff beat Cesaro, either Cesaro and Sheamus are going heel, and that's how you take the belts off the Hardys, or the dream is about to come true. And whatever deal WWE needed to sort out with Anthem so that the Hardy Boys could do the broken stuff has been done, or at least is about to be done. They can lose the titles. Hey, maybe Jeff Hardy can cost Matt Hardy or cost the team the titles, and we can just do that story again. Because I tell you, I love that story, and I'm more than happy to see that play out in the world of the WWE with more money and a bigger audience and, you know, all, all, all kinds of just excellent stuff like that. And if they're ready to go now, just do it. You still sell Hardy Boys merchandise. People will still buy that. I think maybe potentially you could eke it out a little bit longer. It doesn't feel too passe yet. I mean, it's a bit... I mean, it's not silly they're called the Hardy Boys and they're cleaning up boys. That was just their name. But, you know, that, that can only go so far. I still think you go a bit longer with it. Or maybe you still can now and just start teasing it. But I'm hoping that the two wins are simply because, uh, yeah, they're losing because it's time to get Broken Matt, and oh, I tell you, it'd be so good. I'm so ready. Broken Matt Hardy is my, and that's why I almost think that it's the best thing that could have happened is TNA being massive dicks to them, and then coming back to the WWE, because I just don't think TNA ever got behind it. I mean, they did, I'm not saying they did, because they did, obviously they had specials dedicated to it, but I just think it needed something different, and WWE producing it, or WWE being involved, is massively different. I can't wait to see this play out on Raw. I really hope it happens. I really do. I hope I'm not pulling at straws because, uh, yeah, Broken Matt Hardy is my favorite thing in wrestling when, when, it, when, when he goes. Just hilarious and it's just entertaining. And it just makes me sit back and go, you know what? Wrestling's just fun. Who cares? Who cares really about Roman Reigns? I care about Matt Hardy. So I'll go with Sheamus and Cesaro. Not 100% confident. I may be being lured into a false sense of security. But let's do it anyway. Let's believe in the brokenness. Let's go. We'll go Seamus and Cesaro. And then, of course, I mean, this isn't, I don't know when this will be in the show, but we have Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. It's not for the WWE SmackDown title, which it was at one point. There's an image out there with, with that title there. And it is a House of Horrors match, and I still don't know what the hell that is. Maybe they talked about it more on SmackDown and I missed it. I don't believe that I did. But they are going to start in basically a pre-take segment in a big spooky house. And eventually they'll make their way to the ring. How on earth, or why on earth, they are not telling us what this is? There's no way they can't know by this point. So it's either the idea is terrible, or actually they don't have a clue. And they're going to make it up over the next few days. But given what they've done with Bray Wyatt recently, I have a feeling this is going to be terrible. They've gone too far in the hocus-pocus direction. 
Bray Wyatt was much better where he felt like a hillbilly who believed he had some kind of supernatural powers as opposed to a man that can make buzz, bugs appear in a matter of WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know. I just... The sooner we can get out of this feud now, the better. I'm more excited about Randy Orton versus Jinder Mahal than I am Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt. Think of that. Think of that. Imagine I'd said that six months ago, a year ago. You'd be, you'd be go mental at me. Go, Miller, you're mad. And maybe I still am mad now. But, I mean, it, it, it's so difficult because Bray Wyatt could win this if it's not for the title. You have, and it's his match. So you have a get out there. But then he's going to have Randy Orton lose. The SmackDown champion lose. What does that do for him and his credibility and the importance of the title going forward? It doesn't help it. So it's a lose-lose here. If Randy Orton wins, Bray Wyatt once again, once again has run his mouth and not being able to back it up. And if Randy Orton wins, the, the world title is going back to SmackDown after a loss. And they'll never fight because Bray Wyatt's now on Raw. I dread this. Please let me be wrong. Please let me be wrong and let this secretly be amazing and fun and different and exciting. Because otherwise, it really could harm Bray Wyatt. At this point, he just doesn't... He's got nothing. What has he got? What has he got? Do you enjoy his Hocus Pocus promos? In the Facebook group. I'm going to put up a thread. Facebook, Facebook.com, whatever it is. Just search for Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast or Simon Miller Wrestling. Do you really enjoy Bray Wyatt talking a bunch of nonsense and then having a feud and getting his ass beat? I'd change his entrance music as well. People get mad when I say this. I don't think that entrance is all that special. It feels boring and long and has lost its mystique by now. I completely change it up. But we'll go with... Oh, I really don't know. I can't call this one. My gut wants to say Bray Wyatt, but my head says Randy Orton, so we'll say Randy Orton. We'll say Randy Orton. I can't remember if I... I didn't, I didn't do the tag match, did I? I'll say Enzo and Big Cass. We've gone Kevin Owens. We've gone Braun Strowman. We've gone Sheamus and Cesaro. And we'll go Randy Orton. Because I just think that's what WWE will do. And then we'll have Neville versus Austin Aries. Neville is the cruiserweight champion. Aries is the challenger. These two are great together. I mean, they, they are the stars of that division. And they're both incredibly talented workers. I think ever since WrestleMania, this program has gone off the rails a little bit. And that's just because it doesn't get the, the where it's getting the focus shone on it is on 205 Live. And nobody watches it. <laughs> nobody cares about 205 Live. So it doesn't matter how much of a light you shine on it. If nobody's watching your damn show, you know, does it, if a tree falls in the wood, does it make a sound? No one cares because nobody was around. But they will have an amazing match. I imagine this will be the best match on the show. Um, and I don't see how never win. I mean, the thing is, this is probably why they've included TJ Perkins and Jack Gallagher into this. There's going to be a lot of shenanigans. Because at this point, you don't want Austin Aries losing clean again. He lost clean at WrestleMania. Can't have your baby face lose twice. That'd be madness. However, if TJ Perkins and Jack Gallagher are going to get involved, you, you have options. I, your options are either never retains after Aries gets screwed, and that's fine because then he has a reason to moan, or Aries wins after TJ Perkins' interference goes bad. But I don't think they'll do... Maybe they will do that. But then your face is winning by a, via... You know, questionable means. I'll go with Neville. I think Neville retains, but he doesn't retain cleanly. Jack Gallagher will get involved. TJ Perkins will get involved. And then we can build to the next pay-per-view where Austin Aries actually wins. And then you can build that in. But yeah, I do think they'll have a great match. And when the sun's not shining in their eyes, that will probably do a lot for them. But it's just the cruiserweight division in general. 
I, I'm I, again. I'm, I'm so miserable today, but it's true. I'm so bored of. It's the cruiserweight division, man. It's the cruiserweight division. You're not listening to us. We're going to turn the ropes purple. Let's just come out and have a cruiserweight match. And the cruiserweight matches should be cruiserweight matches. They're ne they never are. Like, they do flippy shit every now and then. But the pacing and the way they're structured are just WWE matches. And the whole reason they got over so well in WCW is because they felt different. The guys felt different. The guys felt quick. They weren't doing what the main event guys were doing. And now it's the complete opposite. They kind of do the same thing. And occasionally they do flips. But everyone does flips. Seth Rollins does flips. Samoa Joe does flips. Kevin Owens does flips. You know, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall weren't doing flips in the mid to late 90s of WCW. And I, I look, the, the product is better now in terms of in-ring quality by a mile. By a mile. The other day in an interview, Seamus said he thinks the, the roster these days is the best it ever has been. And I agree. In terms of in-ring athletic performances, it's miles better than it ever has been. But... If everyone's having the same match and then you've got a cruiserweight division where it's meant to be, oh, here it comes. Here's the I-Octane quality crazy stuff. And it's not. You're like, well, what's the... It's branded for no reason. And I, I, I think there is a lot of potential with the cruiserweight division. You've got Grand Metalik, who's never used. He's great. Jack Gallagher is good. Quite enjoyed TJ Perkins. Like we said, Neville and, Sir, Neville and Cesaro. Neville and Austin Aries are superb. You got Callisto there, who's getting chucked in bins on Raw. We'll talk about that in a minute. He can sit, why insert him in there? If all he's going to be doing is thrown in the bin, put him into put him on two hundred five live. And there's other guy. I mean, they they let Tajiri go the other day, which I thought was crazy. You know, these are names and recognizable people that you can help to build this thing. I don't see why you wouldn't want more. Anyway, Callisto winning the dumpster match. Here is why I didn't mind it so much. First of all, before the match, they actually gave Callisto time to talk and explain why he would want this match. And what he said, you know, pride, passion, desire, all of that, the cool running speech, made perfect sense. And it actually allowed him to restore some credibility. Now, obviously, long run, they're not going to do anything with Callisto. If they were, it would have happened already. Nothing has changed over the landscape recently that's going to make WWE go, oh, it's Callisto's time. However, at least that justified it a bit. Now, him getting the fluke win by drop-kicking Strowman's knees and him falling into a dumpster, and obviously the winner is just whoever goes in the dumpster. You don't have to close the lid. Should Braun Strowman have lost? Probably not, because there was no reason for him to lose. Like, he can still go crazy afterwards and chuck Callisto off the stage in a bin, in the dumpster, if he wins, because he's just a crazed lunatic. But at the same time, it didn't hurt Braun Strowman, so I kind of just fall down in the middle with it. I don't see why, unless you have plans for Callisto, which you don't, I don't see why you do this. But at the same time, I'm not going to remember this in a few days. I'm just not. It just, unless he's getting tight, unless Kalisco's going to do something in the Reigns-Lesnar oh, Lesnar match, Reigns-Strowman match, which he's absolutely not. I guarantee it. So I don't mind it, really. It probably would make more sense if you've got a big main event featuring one guy to you know keep him strong and push him. But I don't think it hurt him. That's the main thing. I don't think it hurt him at all. And if it doesn't hurt him, then maybe that's the problem, though. I should care, and I don't care enough. But that's the way that people are portrayed and presented to me these days, which is sad. Oh, well, what are you going to do? And our last match, unless I've missed one out, I have. There's two. Our last, our last two matches. We'll do Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe first, and we'll end with the women's match. Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe is weird because Seth Rollins is a great in-ring performer. So Samoa Joe is a great in-ring performer, and I just like him all round. They will have a great match, but I couldn't give two craps about all this. The feud seems... 
I mean, the feud don't, the feud has it does make sense. It has been structured well because you know Seth Rollins got uh, ambushed by Samoa Joe on his main roster debut. Put him in the it put him in the um, was it got the Gahida clutch? That's not right. We gotta look it up. Why can't I remember what the hell Samoa Joe's thing called? Samoa Joe, come on, this good this good podcast, and you're loving this right now. You're in your car, you're driving along. And you're like, what the hell? The Kikina clutch. How did I not remember that? Weird. Anyway. You know, when they fell to the floor, he re-injured Seth Rollins' knee. That is a perfect reason for a feud. You almost cost me my WrestleMania match with Triple H. Hey, man, you almost cost me my career. WWE are hitting that vibe. They're ticking those boxes. I just don't care. It just feels so flat. And I'm not 100% sure why. Maybe it is just because Seth Rollins is... I mean, he... He's a decent face, but he's not a super over baby face, is he? If we're being realistic. Yeah, and there's no reason for us to like him. At the moment, it's just, oh, you hurt your knee, dude. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll cheer you to make up for it. That's not enough. We need more from his character. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin was saying this the other day, that Seth Rollins is over, but he's not over over because we don't really know who he is. And you know what? Surprise, surprise. The most successful and one of the best wrestlers ever is 100% correct. He needs more. He's great in the ring. Like uh, he is over in the ring. Like the moves he does and the Falcon Arrow are all are all awesome. But Seth Rollins is a person. All I know about him is that you got a bad knee and you're upset with Samoa Joe because he hurt your knee. Okay. Whereas Samoa Joe, I know, just wants to kick everybody's ass, and that could work paired with the right opponent. But just right now, you know, in terms of a, a, a standoff, excellent because both of them are really really good workers. But yeah, it's not, there's not, there's not, it, it feels flat. It feels like they've been pushed together because someone backstage looked around and went, well, look, Simone Jones there and uh, Seth Rollins over there, they'd be really good together. Someone, oh, yeah, 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 great, great, great. We need more. In WWE, you need more. I think so anyway. Because otherwise it feels flat and this feels flat. Oh, again, the match will be great. I guarantee the match will be great. Probably second to only Neville versus Aries, but it could steal it too. But the fact I don't care who wins. I just don't. In fact, I'd be more upset if Seth Rollins beat Samojo. How stupid is that? I'd be more worried and bothered and upset by the long-term and future planning of the company if the heel loses. Something's gone terribly wrong. Seth Rollins probably needs something extra. I will go Samojo, though, because I believe they want this feud to continue. And if Seth Rollins wins, that's the end of the feud. So we'll go Samojo. If I get all of these right, by the way, I will make a big deal about it just in case you're, you're interested. And finally, it's Bailey who's the champion against Alexa Bliss for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. I liked Alexa Bliss on Raw. I liked her promo. I liked her confidence. I hated when Sasha Banks came down and the fact that Mickie James and Nia Jax just weren't on the show because it often feels like on Raw and on SmackDown, but to me more so on Raw, there could only be one woman's angle and one spot. Therefore, if there's somebody we want to make sure is on TV... We'll just throw them into that feud. Just give me Bla Bailey and Alexa Bliss. Just give me Bailey and Alexa Bliss. I know this is building to a Sasha Banks heel turn, and maybe that happens at the pay-per-view, and if so, I've made a mistake. But it's not the first time they've done this, so it still winds me up. But I I'm happy if you've decided that Alexa Bliss versus Bailey is our program for those two. They could have had that confrontation in the ring that they had, and they left it there. I mean, that confrontation was abysmal with Alexa Bliss saying that Bailey had never kissed a boy. I mean, oh, imagine Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman said to Roman Reigns, you've never kissed a girl, Roman Reigns. I know it. You'd be like, what the flip is this? 
But apparently because they're ladies, then we can, we can do this crap. It's nonsense. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're man, woman, child, uh, horse, lion, tiger, monkey, goat. Some things just keep out. And <laughs> I don't... I don't, I don't need that nonsense, especially, oh my gosh, on the Wrestling Observer, they hinted that this may be leading into Bailey kissing a boy. That's the end. That is the end. And also, this is uh, the payback's in Bailey's hometown. We all know what WWE likes to do when a wrestler's in their hometown, which is lose. Now, the only way I want Bailey to lose this, if Sasha Banks does, if, uh, like I'm Italian, if a Sasha Banks uh, does go heel, that's fine. And if you want to go into a three-way program with those three, fine. I guess that justifies Raw as well. And it puts the title on Alexa Bliss. And I think Alexa Bliss is a good champion. But then you do have two heels and a, and a baby face, which is just weird. I don't know what to do with this. Again, much like everything else on the, on the show, the, the women's division just feels confused. And like it doesn't really know where it's headed. <sighs> I think Neville's winning. And I th so I think the Cruiserweight Championship is staying where it is. Look at me treating this like it's serious. And I think the tag team championship is changing hands. And no other belts are changing hands. I say Alexa Bliss wins. And there is some involvement from Sasha Banks. And then Bailey loses in her hometown, which WWE love to do. I think it's a mistake, though. Right now, Bailey's character is not working as it should do, simply because she hasn't been booked the way that she should have been. So the longer she can be champion, the more credibility she can build. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think Alexa Bliss wins. And that's it. That's your payback card. Like I say, in terms of match quality, I think it will be great. But in terms of build and in terms of pizzazz and shenanigans and all that, oh, it's just not there. It's really not. There's no point pretending otherwise. If you've enjoyed it, good for you. Like, it's just an opinion. I'm not saying there's any right or wrong, but it really has fallen flat. And I think coming out of WrestleMania, that's, uh, that's bad is the, only way to, is, is the only way to say it, really. Like, you, you want to come out strong after WrestleMania because usually it's the time where, especially if you're trying to keep network subscriptions, you got those three month three month network people, and then you you don't capitalize on what you had. People aren't going to sign up again, and that's the other problem we have here is that you know the the build to a pay per view used to be so important because you wanted that one hit of cash. So you think, well, the the better job we can do selling this pay per view before we go home, as they say, the more money we're going to make on the other end. However. You still have to think about it like, okay, so we can maybe not necessarily do the, the greatest show ever in the sense that we don't need to, to pop a rating. But if you want people to hang around after WrestleMania who invested in your network, maybe it's a good idea to give them a show. They can go, oh, man, I'm really excited about this. But they haven't done that. They haven't done that at all. I don't think so anyway. I, I think in, in this uh, regard, it doesn't feel like an exciting show. It doesn't feel like a pay-per-view. It almost feels like an extended edition of Raw or the matches we'd at least expect to see on Raw. And I don't think that is what you want coming out of WrestleMania. And there's no universal title match on it as well, which is not a problem, but it is with all of the above. So that's it. That is the payback previews. Please do go to the Facebook group and let me know who you, who you think is going to win. There'll be an official um, post for it. So wait for that to go up. Don't just start. Well, you can do. But just to keep things nice and, and neat and tidy, look for the... Uh, what I'll do is I'll post up all my predictions in there and please just reply, comment, and we can see who gets it right. There will be a prize for that in the future. Another quick plug while I'm here. At the moment, I'm sorting special stuff for Patreon members and merchandise, which is going to be a massive risk. <laughs> but I do have some 
interesting ideas, I think, that will make them, you know, more, it's, it's not going to be like my face on a T-shirt or anything like that. Nobody wants that. But yeah, there will be prizes for people that, you know, do well in prediction contests. But we'll get to that down the line. I want to touch on SmackDown before we go to the Q&A. Because while that kind of tied into payback, obviously there was a lot going on there that was its own stuff because it's not a SmackDown pay-per-view payback. The biggest thing is Rusev appeared and he wants a Money in the Bank Money in the Bank title match. And this is wonderful because all the rumors have suggested that Rumor has backstage heat because he cut his hair, which, by the way, I can understand. It sounds silly. What do you mean they don't like him because he cut his hair? But I actually believe if you're working for WWE and you're going to have a major image change, just run it by them first. Because think about it. They are a, a merchandise machine. So if you cut your hair, all of a sudden posters, T-shirts, action figures, uh, programs, everything's out of date. Everything. And they either have to invest money to get that stuff up to date because obviously you want to be as up to date as possible. So I don't mind Rusev cut his hair. But if he didn't tell them, I could understand why a few people may be a bit pissed off. Like if I was running a company and I had just spent thousands, if not millions, in merchandise and one of those things was having a really cool new Rusev action figure that had long hair and then he cuts it, that may, you know, that may eat into my sales. And it is a business. We know that. Business star. So I understand it. But thankfully, that doesn't seem to have um, hindered him at all. And I hope he does get a title match at Money in the Bank. I worry it's going to be Rusev versus Jinder versus Rusev. Wait, no. Orton versus Rusev versus Jinder, which means you've then got anti-American and anti-American against American. But maybe they can team up and tie into the tag team they had. I don't know. But at least he is being featured in a prominent position. Because as I've said before, and as I will continue to say in the future, to me, booked well and treated right, Rusev is a main event heel. He's your top guy, your top bad guy. He's funny. He's got personality. He's charismatic. He can do whatever you want him to do. I think Rusev's your man. And I don't like seeing him you know, get, get jobbed out or put in stupid angles. I was also absolutely delighted to see that Fandan Breeze or Tyler Breeze and Fandango, the fashion police, they won the Beat the Clock Challenge. Unless there's some other matches I missed. I don't think there is. I think it was literally just the Colognes, American Alpha, Fandan Breeze and The Ascension. And Fandango and Tyler Breeze won. So they're going against the Usos now. Don't job them out. Like, I know their gimmick is stupid. And I know you've treated them ridiculously for years. But hey, if we can just turn the dial on Jinder and make him into a number one contender, we can do it with these guys as well. Treat him right. They're both really talented wrestlers. They're very entertaining with this fashion police gimmick. The, tag team, the SmackDown tag team division needs bodies anyway. So if you can heat somebody up, you should. I hope they go all the way with it. They don't have to win the titles. But give them a competitive match and make sure they're strong afterwards. Put them in a good feud. And then we can obviously lead to the New Day and the Usos, which we're going to get. But no, I was, I was really happy to see that. They're just two guys that I think deserve more. And they do their bit, and they, they do it well. Like I said, whatever they're given, they just they try and make it entertaining. I'm all right with Van Danbury's, which is a strange thing to say, but I am. Uh, we also had all the stuff with the women, which was interesting. So it was kind of obvious that Natty and co. were going to come out and interfere in the Naomi-Charlotte title match. You know, last week they had a plan, and they were pissed off that Charlotte was number one contender. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, you're going to interfere in it. But the way it happened, like Becky stayed out of it, obviously, as well, but still said she respected Charlotte. So I, this is Charlotte going face to me. And eventually you have Charlotte, Naomi, and Becky going against Natty, Tamina, and I guess uh, Carmella. It's not the greatest match in the world. 
But Charlotte as a face is is fascinating to me because she's a really good heel. Like she's a really good heel by the way she works, and she's a really good heel on the mic. So to then, turn, I guess you could look at it either way. To me, there's I've still, especially because she just moved to SmackDown, you still got plenty of time to keep her as a heel. I'm not bored of her as a heel, but the alternative argument is why wait until she does start to stagnate and then turn her face? Why not come up with a story that allows her to kind of jump around a bit and keep interesting and fresh? So I didn't mind it. I think Naomi did have to keep the title for the time being. You don't want Charlotte to lose because Charlotte feels like a proper main eventer. So I guess that was really, really good booking. I'm just not sure I want that six-man tag for a while. That's not going to be good. At least I don't think it's going to be good. It could be. could surprise me. Maybe somehow Charlotte goes heel again. I don't know. It was fine, actually, thinking about it. It was okay. Uh, Orton obviously feels utterly lost on SmackDown at the moment because he's involved in a Bray Wyatt feud over the House of Horrors match that he can't address directly. He's also got Jinder Mahal going on. And he just had some pointless match against, against um, Eric Rowan. I mean, the Jinder stuff was fine. It's still got a lot of work to do to turn him into a proper contender. But it was fine. Again, I've got no problem with him being in that position. But I think it would have made more sense if Jinder had just had a really good match with somebody and won. I would spend the next few weeks having him win. Because he needs wins to prove he can win matches and that he's worthy of a title shot few people have said he may win at backlash i don't want him to win at backlash simply because he's not at the right level again it sounds um, it sounds contradictory but i don't mind him being in that spot but now i want to see a lot more work go into him so he actually feels like a main eventer aside from a guy that's just in the main event not sure they did a good job of that last night I, but i do like his team i like him with the bollywood boys i love stables and I love stables that have a common identity and a common purpose. And they do. And you can question whether their whole, well, we're, we're Indian dudes and American hates us is respectful and fair in 2017 pro wrestling. But it's not like this is the first time pro wrestling has done this. They were, I mean, Kevin Owens is doing the same thing, but he's Canadian. I just like the fact that it, they're a unit and they all believe the same thing. And that, that's what I always just enjoy stables when they do that. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But hopefully regardless where it goes he stays strong that's the main thing he doesn't go back to just feeling like some nobody i understand the reason is because you want to build a star in india fine not interested in that as a fan you do whatever you want business wise but i'm all for guys giving an opportunity and not having them thrown in the toilet when they may not be given the time to see that through to so give them time we'll see what happens Nakamura and Ziggler. I don't like Nakamura Ziggler, I've decided. I do like it in the sense that Nakamura can win and he's beaten. Dolph Ziggler is a name. I mean, he's a name that's been watered down tremendously, but, you know, it is a, a name person he can beat and that's good. However, I just don't like their interactions with each other. I thought Nakamura was great because he's always great just by the way he carries himself. Somebody or a group of people on the internet said, oh, Nakamura can't cut a promo for shit. You're living in a dream. He doesn't cut a promo like most guys cut promos. I admit that. And he should definitely be a, uh, more of a man of few words. However, he's, that's, no, no, don't criticize Nakamura. Nakamura is a superstar. There's no two ways about it. Like, even the way he carries himself, like I say, is, is amazing. Uh, I just hope he gets to the Ziggler feud as quickly as possible and we can go on to better things. Because it's the problem with Ziggler. Unfortunately, Ziggler does, I'm not going to say weighs people down. But again, he's just been used so poorly by, by the WWE that... I don't believe him as a threat. That's the real issue. I don't actually believe he's going to come in and, yeah, threaten Nakamura. Or maybe I worry that he would. 
you know, maybe that's that's the real problem. Maybe I'm actually worried that they that they they look at Nakamura and don't see the star that I do. What's his name now? This uh, what's they calling him? They're calling him uh, the artist. <laughs> WWE fucking idiots. Um, but yeah, I think that's my thing. I just I just don't want him to lose. But we'll see what happens. Right. I think that's everything that went down in wrestling this week. I bet something massive happened and I've forgotten. We had the statement from WWE, from Mauro Alano and JBL. That didn't surprise me too much. If you come to a settlement with someone where there's an NDA and no one's allowed to talk about it, you're always going to have statements that back that up. So Ronaldo saying it's something to do with JBL, of course it was something to do with JBL. But he's drawing a line under it, and I actually think that's the best way to do it. We all want him to say, nah, screw you, WWE. I'm going to go on Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast and talk all about it. You should do that. We've got two guests lined up, by the way. Next month it we're going to be because they're, they're currently traveling. But we've got two guests. I'm really excited about it. I think it'll be really, really fun. So keep an eye out for those. Um, yeah, but it, it makes more sense from a professional level and a personal level for Morrow if he just uh, draws a line under this, gets what he can out of it, and then walks off into the sunset. It's a shame that he's done because I thought... I mean, I wasn't his biggest fan, but I did think he was fun to listen to. Um, but yeah, you don't, you don't want to drag these things out, especially with a company as big as WWE. It doesn't help anybody. So I don't care that he had to come out and say that. I think we all know the truth or we choose to believe what we want to believe. And that was that. Have I forgotten anything else before I do it? We've done Jinder. Everyone loves Jinder. No, I don't think anything else went down. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to forget about it. It's just, you know, sometimes life gets away from us. Anyway, your questions. Again, the podcast group, Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. You just search for that in Facebook. And every now and then when I feel like the time is right, Look out for my post and just ask a question. I'll ask as, answer as many as I can today. Maybe not all of them because tremendously there's loads. So thank you for everyone who took the time to ask me a question. That's very kind of you. My gosh, there is a lot. I really appreciate that. That's very nice of you. Thank you very much. Um, another plug just while we're here. If you Again, if you are in a, the $5 plus Patreon club as well, please do be sure to join the Simon Miller Power Pals Facebook group. There's a link under Patreon. Just find the relevant thread. And in there, you get my Q&As and some other special stuff as well. But let's not go on that too much. So Gareth Jackson, what is your favorite pay-per-view ever and why? Also, tell your heartbreaking story of SummerSlam 92. I remember you telling it on the Ministry of Slam podcast, the podcast I used to be on, and it mirrored a similar story of mine with regards to the UK Rampage tour. My favorite ever pay-per-view and why? I don't have one specifically because it changes on the day. But ones that always kind of stood out to me growing up were the final four with Bret Hart, Steve Austin... Vader and The Undertaker, right? Is that right? Was that the final four? I think so. But I love that just because I was so outraged at the Royal Rumble that Steve Austin had cheated his way to win. And I was so desperate for Bret Hart to get his revenge that when he did and won the title in the process, as a kid, I was just like, yes, justice, Simon. Justice. Obviously, WrestleMania 17's up there. Massive fan of the main event of Money in the Bank 2011 because that crowd and the situation felt real. I always go back to that. Loved... Um, and that's not really pay-per-views now, is it? I'm doing matches. Let's scrap Money in the Bank 2011 because that's a good main event. Whereas the same with Final Four, though. Scrap that as well. I enjoyed the main event. Favorite paper. So WrestleMania 17, because top to bottom, that is fantastic. Like everything on, even though you watch it now, you're like, good grief, there's not that much wrestling on here. It's just brawling. <laughs> we can't just say WrestleMania 17. That's rubbish. There's got to be something else. This is why you should read questions first and do a bit of research. I'd just say WrestleMania. I like Royal Rumble. No, you see them. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my favorite ever pay per view is. 
If we're just going on main events, the ones that I've mentioned always stand to reason. I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a pay-per-view that's good from start to finish, and that is WrestleMania 17. Wow. I'll come back to that next week. Keezy Fontaine, who has the worst finisher in the WWE, and what would you replace it with? The thing with finishes is there's no such thing as a bad finisher. Like the Big Show's finisher is he punches people. Now, we see punches on the WWE roster all the time, but it's all about how the commentators and how it's sold to us. And when it's sold to us, obviously, this man is massive, and if he punches you, you're going down, which is why the FU works, the FU, the attitude adjustment. If you think about it, that's just one man putting another man on his back. However, because of the way that it's sold, you know that if you see that move, you're meant to buy into it as a finishing move. It doesn't finish anyone anymore because that's half the problem. But that, that there is no such bad thing. Like, look at the Rainmaker, Akada's Rainmaker. That's a lariat, you know? But again, people don't kick out of it. It's told to us as, hey, man, this is this, this, shit. What a lariat this is. So eventually you go, well, no one kicks out of it, so it must be really, really good. I remember that story that Paul Heyman told that you know Mark Henry could get a bear hug over if the story was told correctly. You've got this mountain of a man, not Braun Strowman, who can choke the life out of people. And as long as you make sure nobody on the card is doing a bear hug, so when people see a bear hug, they associate it with Mark Henry, and yeah, you'll get it over. So I don't actually think anyone has a bad finisher. The problem is the relevant people aren't doing their job in ensuring that people understand that it's a devastating move and we should care about it. And in modern day WWE, that's, you know, that's less than ever. So, you know, that, that's something that does, that does need, I mean, look at Chris Jericho's finishing move. I mean, it never really makes anyone tap anymore, but it's a Boston crab. That's it. But again, if we're told sugar, man, this is the Boston crab. I go, okay, yeah, cool. I, I believe it. So I think that's the real issue here. Uh, Dan Barnes, what will the main event for the NXT takeover before mania be of next year? Oh, so eight and ten months. It will be Drew McIntyre versus Adam Cole. There you go. What a prediction I've just pulled out of my ass. But I'm just trying to think of two people I'd like to go at it just before they go up to the main roster. So yeah, Drew, Drew McIntyre and Adam Cole. That That's my prediction. If I get it right, don't forget, I predicted Shane McMahon coming back as well. Never forget. We'll tell that story on a different day. Oh, I didn't tell my SummerSlam 92 story. I'm sorry, Garth. I go back to you. So just quickly, I had tickets for SummerSlam 92, or, or more specifically, my father did. Obviously, it was held in, in Wembley Stadium. And on the way to the event, my, my brother decided he would play the fool. I mean, we were young here. We're talking, you know, six, seven years old. And my dad did the classic thing of, you know, I will turn, I will turn this car around if you don't stop playing up. My brother smacked my sister right in the face. My dad turned the car around. None of us went to SummerSlam 92. And I shit you not, I'd have to sit with you and point it out. We, my dad had managed to secure some pretty good tickets. And you can see the chairs we were meant to be in. Or the, the chairs that I assume we were meant to be in. Every time I watch SummerSlam 92, I remember. Never forget. Adam Johnson, in lieu of Alexa Bliss last night, what is the best comeback shutdown of a heckle, creepy, or crappy chant you ever heard? Creepy chant. There are some creepy chants in wrestling. I did enjoy Alexa Bliss's how, the way she dealt with the what. I thought it was funny and it did work. It stopped them. Who else has had good? I mean, Kevin Owens does it all the time. Kevin Owens has had to shut down a crowd. He's good. Uh, Punk was good at it, although sometimes Punk went a bit too far with what he would say, but he was good. I can't think of one specifically off the top of my head. 
have that debate in the Facebook group. I think that's something you need to research. I bet there's loads of people that have just heard a, heard a crowd chant and just managed to react to it. Like, I do like the ones that Stephanie McMahon has done with the CM Punk chants recently, but that's so obviously, you know, prepped beforehand because they know. I much prefer the ones that are off the cuff and spontaneous. Uh, Thomas Griffin, not very topical, I know, but when do you think Austin would have retired if not for his neck injury? Where do you think WWE could have taken him next as well? It seems to me that at least that Austin's career was the perfect length and that the character retired before it got stale. But what do you think? I agree with you. Obviously, you don't wish ill on anybody, but the fact that Austin's run was you know, so, uh, so quick and so hot and fiery, it could have petered out if he'd been around longer. I liked his heel turn. Forget business and metrics and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it when he went heel because I thought Crazy Steve Austin was hilarious. And that's when I think also in, in retrospect and hindsight, that's when you start realizing how good Steve Austin was and how much charisma and personality he had. He couldn't just be the, the air kicker. He could actually, he had range for lack of a better term. And I think he really showed that because he was hilarious and no one really, he could be funny but he was funny in a, in, a, in a cool, badass kind of a way. I don't think anybody associated proper comedy with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he proved that he could do that. What they would have done with him, I don't know. I mean, I imagine maybe he would have walked off into the sunset regardless, because most guys do. I mean, if you actually look at the longevity of wrestlers, it's only really people like Hulk Hogan, John Cena. I mean, even someone like Kurt Angle. I know he's been around a long time, but even he took himself out of the spotlight. I know he's in TNA, but the TNA is, is a different kind of spotlight. Whereas John Cena has been in the spotlight, same with Hulk Hogan, for extended periods. So maybe it did all work out best for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Maybe the fact that he did have to leave in the long run was what was best for that character and the man. I don't know. Seems that way. Dale Nickel, who do you think is, was the best lower mid-carder mid in WWF, WWE? Someone who was always enjoyable and believable, but who never got... To that upper level for my money it's someone like rick martell or val venus we're not giving it to val venus i enjoyed val venus but val venus was in the right place for val venus he was a porn star never forget that rick martell's a good shout i was always a big fan of the model rick martell i know christian won some world championships and had some main events but he was never a proper main eventer i always thought you could have treated him better he was really good he was really entertaining um, at the moment, Rusev. Obviously, Rusev right on that list. Obviously, we still have lots of time where that can be fixed, but my gut says it probably never will be. But yeah, big fan of Rusev. Uh, who else back in the day? Who did I used to want to see more out of but never did? I don't know, you know. Mr. Perfect. Again, Mr. Perfect or Kurt Henning was... He was never treated like a super, super main eventer. I always thought he could be just because his character was great. His matches were great. His in-ring work was great. Same with Ted DiBiase. Again, he was a main eventer. But I think you could have done more with him. Again, never world champion. Same with Rick Rude. All those guys. All those guys, I think, could have gone up to the, the, the next echelon that maybe they weren't on. But then, you know, that was a problem with the Hogan era. You had Hulk Hogan on top. Who's going to compete with them? Josh McCrowan, what's your favorite NXT takeover today? It's Dallas because I was there because I'm an asshole. I'm going to say that. But I did get to see Sami Zayn versus Nakamura live. Can't argue with that. Carl Stevens, how did you discover wrestling? Right. So my dad got Sky when I was about six years old or something like that. Got it through his job. because My dad used to be a reporter, if you don't know. And I was just flicking through channels being like, wow, it's amazing. So many channels. And then I just saw... I saw a dude, you know, just dudes flipping around and hitting ropes and slamming each other. And I was just like, this is amazing. What the flip is this? 
that was that. Here we are, like, let's not say my age, 20 plus years later. And I'm still watching it, which is crazy. Uh, Ashley Robinson Voss, do you agree with the sentiment of some jabronis that NXT isn't as good as it was 12 months ago? If so, what needs to be done to improve it? It's not as good as it was 12 months ago, but 12 months ago, you had Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Finn Balor, uh, Sami Zayn, maybe you're still down there, Kevin Owens. You know, these are now some of the top stars in WWE. They've replaced them to a certain degree. Love Drew McIntyre. Love Bobby Roode. Um, you know, Tommy's great. But I, I would say that the, the, the crop of people they've got isn't up to the level that it was. But they're building, which is fine. But also the TV has hit a lull. Uh, like I say, I stopped watching NXT TV each and every week just because it kind of fell into a pattern. And I think now is the time where NXT probably needs to evolve the way it does TV. Now, that, that, that's not me saying that it should get like Raw or SmackDown. I like their old school vibe. But I am saying that there are, I think there are things... If you're now treating it as a third brand and selling it to me as a third brand as opposed to a de developmental territory, you may need to change a few things up. Still good. It could just be, it could just be a lot better. Jose Antonio Grido. Will you be interviewing any UK wrestlers soon? We'd really like to hear from Martin Kirby, Marty and Grado, or Laguero, though I hear his English ain't great. Hopefully, reached out to a few. Keep an eye on the podcast. Andy Smith, do you think finishing moves need to be protected more? Kind of did that, absolutely. Like we said earlier, it's all about the way they're portrayed as opposed to the actual move. Chris Heckathorn, do you ever think we will see a Kevin Owens face turn or a Kevin Owens and Sammy tag team run? Never want to see the latter. I'm, I, I was so happy for those two to be, you know, the Batman and Joker and every now and then come together. But WWE watered that one down. We'll absolutely see a Kevin Owens face turn simply because I think he's got plenty of time to do one, for starters. And, you know, the longer you are in or on the main roster, you have to do different things with people. But also he can pull it off. Like he's very entertaining. He's very funny. Uh, you know, he's very likable if he wants to be. It's just he's also a very good heel. So, yeah, absolutely see a Kevin Owens face turn. When? Don't know. Definitely think we'll see it. James uh, Petersky, I think. Sorry if I got your name wrong. Should AJ, Styles for Shins should AJ Styles face Shinsuke Nakamura at SummerSlam or WrestleMania? WrestleMania. Hold it off. Don't need to see it in like four or five months. Nakamura's only just got there. You can get a six-month build out of that. And if you've seen any of their matches before, they're awesome. WrestleMania 34. Do Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. And then people like us or assholes or smart marks won't care that it's Reigns versus Lesnar too. We won't care because we're getting Nakamura versus AJ. That will be our main event. And that's all that matters. Uh, Tristan Dan Whitcomb. Hello. What I want to ask you is what do you think will happen at Payback and when WWE come to the UK? Uh, we've done Payback. WWE UK show will be the most generic Raw ever. But it'll be fun. Wrestling fans, uh, wrestling shows are always fun when you're there as a fan. So yeah, that's the most important thing. Right, we'll do a few more, and uh, I, will, I, will, I will take the I will take the rest, and I will copy and paste them, and we'll do this next time. But again, thank you for all these questions. This is this is lovely. We do have a lovely community here. It's nice to it's nice to see it grow. I'd like to know your thoughts on the recent IWC chat that the original plan Cena Undertaker for Mania was nixed by Kevin Dunn persuading Vince, and then Cena that Mania was definitely the time he had to propose to Nikki. I would have preferred to have seen the Undertaker and John Cena at WrestleMania. I made a What Culture video about it. I was a big proponent for it because to me it felt like a big deal. Two of the biggest stars ever going at it at WrestleMania. Perfect. And I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to win. Cena could have won that match, especially now looking at it in hindsight. So that would have made it more interesting. The other problem was, and I'm a man that watches Total Divas, don't forget. So it's not like I don't care about it. But I didn't care about John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella. I just didn't care about it. 
it was a nice moment and it was enjoyable, but where's they, they're off TV now. So it didn't do anything. I don't mind the fact that it was changed. Like Kevin Dunn, I've got no real opinion on him. I know some people do, but I don't know the man. I've only heard stories. But he's in a position to power, and if he thought that was better, then good for him. If John Cena and Vince McMahon agreed and everyone involved was cool with it, all right, cool. Ollie Smith, are you a fan of shoot interviews? Do you have a favorite? Any ones that anyone you'd like to see do one? Every wrestling fan loves shoot interviews. They're just really fun, and they've always got a bottle of water. And just before they are, they'll, they'll say two words of a question. So be like, oh, tell us about this incident. And the wrestler will go, well, he, grab the water, do the little crackle when you grab it, drink, and go. They're all the same, but they are great. Uh, do I have a favorite? No, I think it depends on the subject they're talking about as opposed to the wrestler. Like I was watching a Matt Hardy one the other day when he mentioned sort of how Brock Lesnar's attitude changed a little bit as he, as he went up the card. And that was fascinating. It wasn't necessarily that it was Matt Hardy talking about Brock Lesnar, just the story from a man that, you know, had the know-how was just, yeah, just an interesting thing to hear. Two more. Connor Bennett. Connor Bennett, who do you think was most in need of a move in the... Oh, right, it means a superstar shake-up. Uh, who do you think was most in need of a move? So basically, geez, one more time. Who do you think was most in need of a move in the superstar shake-up? I don't know. I didn't necessarily think Kevin Owens had to move. I didn't mind that he did. Sami Zayn probably did need it. AJ Styles staying was fine to me because he's AJ Styles. Roman Reigns staying is fine. He's Roman Reigns. I think it, maybe Charlotte going, just changing up those women's divisions. And New Day going across as well, probably. And that did happen. Because SmackDown's tag division needs top stars. And they are top stars. And they sell a lot of money. Sell a lot of money? Sell a lot of merchandise and make a lot of money. So, yeah. I, I, I actually think they did quite well with the Superstar shakeup. I mean, the, the whole thing with the Miz and Dean Ambrose was dumb because you took a SmackDown feud and put it on Raw. But still. Right, we'll do one more. I'm gonna, there's loads. I'm going to scroll down and just pick the first one that I see. And then we will... Uh, we will we'll do the rest. Uh, we'll do the rest another time. Not those ones. Come on, fun, interesting one. No, they're all interesting. I mean that. I mean the one that's a bit different. Some of them are quite similarly to, to the other ones. Um, we'll do this one because it ties into other things. Shabazz Afsal again. Sorry if I butchered your name. When are you planning to start as a professional wrestler? Now, one of the biggest questions I get over on my Twitter, Simon three sixteen, is. Are you still a wrestler? Are you still a wrestler? What happened to the wrestling videos? Wrestler, and I, I appreciate the fact that everyone was invested in those was great. Now, someone thought I'd thrown shade on what culture as well. Absolutely not. Not going to get into specifics here. No bad blood for, ever, for, for what culture. They're just those videos are just not there at the moment. That's it. However, I am still training to be a professional wrestler. It's been difficult recently because of the situation that I've chatted about before with my house stuff, blah, blah, blah. Not interesting. Um, but... Yes, I'm still training. I'm still getting there, but I'm very consciously aware that I don't want to have a match until I'm ready. And I certainly don't want to have a match and talk about it unless I'm 100% ready because what's the point? There's no point rushing into this stuff. And I'm older than the average bear, but still. So, you know, it's still going there. I, I, I'm now doing, you know, I was doing back body drops the other day, which are terrifying if you're interested. <laughs> Absolutely terrifying a back body drop. Uh, and sunset flips as well. Surprisingly terrifying. But you're doing them, slams, suplexes, and all this kind of stuff. So I'm getting there. I'm starting to understand about... Once I'm starting to understand about psychology, but we're heading in that direction. Um, so I will start as soon as I think I'm ready and as soon as my trainers think I'm ready. But even then, I'll probably be very quiet about it because as soon as you start having matches in front of a crowd, that's when you have to start learning again because obviously you're not just in front of your 
training in the people you're training with or your trainers, but you're actually you know in the thick of it, and then you have to learn how do I deal with the crowd, how do I do this, how do I do that, and that's uh, that's a different beast entirely. So soon, I aim to have a match this year. That's my that's my internal goals. Whether that happens or not, we'll wait and see. But I will keep you updated as much as I can. Certainly, no shade being thrown at what culture, as that one person on Twitter insinuated. And I think that is the end of this podcast. I do want to thank everyone who sent in a question. It's very nice of you. I will get to the rest of them. They're not going anywhere. They are stored on Facebook forever. So we'll go through them all next time we do a Q&A. If you'd like to ask a question, please do join the, the Facebook group. Ask. As always, you can support the podcast on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. I do want to thank everyone who signed up the last week. I really do appreciate it. Hopefully small things like the exclusive podcast that again this week is about the death of WCW. Just make it feel a bit more worthwhile. More stuff will be going up there for patrons. And like I say, I've got a few little trinkets that I'll be able to offer out soon too. Um, please, if you don't want to do that, please, at least it's free. You can go to iTunes and give us a ratings and review. You know, I'd love to start seeing us climb that climb that chart more and just building this community because the bigger we are, the more guests we can get as well. Like we really, we've got two really cool guests in the next few weeks. But I think if we can... Uh, we can really make something of this. Who knows? Who knows where it can go? Maybe one day we'll interview Hulk Hogan. Probably not. Don't want to interview that guy. He's a bit of a, bit of a dick. But that, you know, that's the dream. So, yeah, you can find me if you've got any questions at Miller316. I want to thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining me on my weekly pro wrestling podcast. The video game podcast starts this week. Simon Miller's video game podcast. Again, just keep an eye on at Miller316 for the RSS feed and all of that. And, yeah. We'll continue going. YouTube videos going up today at youtube.com for slash sleeve for slash the middle report rules. And yeah, on that note, actually, before I forget, every Friday I'm going to do the just get all the wrestling news. And I'm kind of still working on the structure, but I'm just going to deliver it in the most daft and stupid way possible just because I think it'd be quite funny and I'd like to do it. So if you'd like that as well, keep an eye out for that. Hopefully this Friday all over the weekend. Just go to the YouTube channel. If you could support that, that would be great. As well as the good, the bad, and the ugly. That will be every Wednesday. We're going to run through every WrestleMania from WrestleMania 32 backwards. Good bits get good, bad bits get bad. Weirdest thing on the show gets an ugly. Spoiler for you, WrestleMania 32 ugly. Is The Rock coming out and lighting his name on fire? We're in one of those boring segments of all time. So have a look out for that. So please, as much support, it again is just overwhelming. Makes me feel, well, you know, it gives me motivation to do this stuff. If I know there are people out there that want it, it's like, yeah, of course we're going to do this. People want it, man. Ridiculous, but lovely overwhelming and humbling thank you for listening and we're going to be back the only pro wrestling podcast on the planet next wednesday